Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there from the WP Builds Podcast and Happy New Year 2019. Today we've got a podcast episode which is number 109 entitled What Changed in 2018 and What's Coming in 2019. It was published on Thursday the 3rd of January 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined today by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com because this is a discussion episode and that's usually who I have a chat with during the discussion episodes. But before we get stuck into that, a couple of messages for you. If you go over to the wpbuilds.com website and find the menu at the top, you'll be able to find a subscribe button. And if you click on that subscribe button, you will be taken to a whole load of ways that you can be, be kept in touch with what we do at WP Build. So there's a form to, to gather up newsletters and you can get messenger updates and Slack updates and so on and so forth. So yeah, go check that out. The other one is the deals link. So if you go over to the deals page, you'll be able to have a look at a whole bunch of deals we've got on WordPress plugins and various things like, for example, there's Toolset and there's Beaver Team Pro and there's If So and it loads, basically. Go and have a look. You might get yourself a bit of money off. And if you've got a product that you want us to put on that page, then certainly reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to put your code on there. That'd be great. Thank you. The next one is we've got a webinar coming up soon, Laura Elizabeth, talking about client portals. So if you go to the webinars link, you'll be able to sign up for that. Also, we've got some contribute episodes and the contribute, uh, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash contribute, I should say, you'll be able to check out how you can get in touch with us. And that the idea with that is that you come on the podcast and spend five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes talking with us about something that you've done recently that you're proud of. And, you know, you want to show the rest of the world so that they could perhaps save some time or money or whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be related to WordPress. It could be anything you like at all. And the last one is if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise, you'll be able to find out all about the advertising options that we have on the podcast, for example, banner ads or audio inserts. So yes, please go check those links out. Be most grateful indeed. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy. Learn how to build your WordPress business with free resources from experienced freelancers, consultants, and agencies. You can find it all at x.co slash wpbuilds. That's the letter x.co slash wpbuilds. And the Page Builder Framework. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? Page Builder Framework is a mobile, responsive, and lightning-fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy, and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you or your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. And we thank all of our sponsors for their support of the WP Builds podcast. So just before Christmas, David and I sat down and we had a bit of a bit of a chat about the kind of things that we'd noticed going on in the WordPress space during the year 2018. It can kind of be grouped into a variety of uh, sections. So, for example, Gutenberg, Page Builders, the rise of the WAS, I'm going to call it, GDPR and changes in hosting and all of those kind of things. So, yeah, go check it out. I would commend this episode to you. As always, a bit of a caveat. David and I are certainly not setting ourselves up as experts, but it's quite nice for us to have a chat about these things. And I I hope that you get something out of it. Thanks for listening very much indeed. And today is the first discussion that we're having of 2019. So we're calling this one what changed in 2018 and is coming to 2019. So let's be honest, shall we, Nathan? We're actually recording this while it's still 2018. So let's just hope that nothing (laughs) major happens. Yes. We're going to look like fools. But anyway. I I would also like to say that I've put virtually no work into this. Uh, David has done all the spade work and given it all the thought. (laughs) So commendations to David. 
Yes, now just lower your expectations. So we're looking, <laughs> you know, we were talking about this, what we, what we thought were the major events of last year. And they are all going to pan on, aren't they, into this year? Yes. Um, Gutenberg, obviously, number one for WordPress people. Yes. It's yeah. out. It, it went out. It did. It went out. And I, I wrote in the, the WordPress news that, that I put out on a Monday the following week that, it, you know, nobody had died. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> because it, it really, certainly from my perspective and no doubt from yours and everybody else who listens to this, it felt like a really, really big deal. And, and I mean that from the point of view of things were going to break. Um, yeah. No matter how many times I'd tested it and no matter how many sort of scenarios I'd played out in my mind uh, that was the thing I think and that everybody was fearing the moment that it was finally going to roll out and we were all going to update and some people did and some people didn't but so when I said nobody died that's really what I was meaning none of my stuff mm. broke but I'm I'm not sure that's true for everybody though I think I think it did break a few things yeah well I, I was lucky all the updates went perfect classic editor was installed in all of them mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, absolutely not a single issue and I did it I think almost immediately, literally hours after it had gone out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I um, did too, but, actually. So was that your approach? Did you go um, and install the classic, classic editor plugin? Did you do that manually? Did you actually log into the sites or did you do it with your kind of main WP or managed WP or whatever you're using? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I did uh, main WP, but it was a bit of a pain, to be honest, because that was the problem of doing that first update. Um, there was an update to the classic editor and you needed to change your settings to say that you didn't want other people other than administrators to <laughs> use blocks. So it gave you the choice. And then I think probably a day later, it sent out a new release where it set that as the default. So we went into all of the sites changing the settings individually because we couldn't be bothered. to. See. There is a script you could run on something like main WP to change all the settings, but we we just thought we'll do it manually. And then the next day it was done for us. So, <laughs> so what, you did it. You... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. How much time did you waste on that? Uh, too, too, way too much. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, well, that, that, was, that was my approach as well. I just went round. I actually... I I did it all manually. I just wanted belt and braces. I wanted to be sure. So I went around every site, actually logged in and allocated a whole day to just checking all that stuff and wrote all the sites out on a spreadsheet and ticked them all off and so on and so forth. And and then when when it came, t- t- came time to update, I actually updated the WP build site first <laughs> just to see what would happen. And of course, nothing happened. And then that was it. I went into, I'm a main WP user as well, went in there and just clicked the click the button, but did them one at a time and made sure that it had successfully um, worked, you know, because there's a, when, when something's been updated in main WP, you can click a button and go and visit the site. So I just did that and then did a, you know, checked a few important pages and then moved on and did the next one. But it was fine, no problems. The thing is, you know, we were just looking, weren't we? Um, I mean, we're behind a little bit now, but this is a good week plus Mm. after it's been released. And um, there's been a huge flood of one-star reviews coming in for Gutenberg. I mean, it's it's silly because it's no longer a plugin and actually is the default editor, but that's where people have gone, isn't it, too? So it's quite interesting to see how this is going to pan on into this year. Yeah. 2019 well uh, it, because it definitely dominated mm. 18 and i think it's going to continue 19 can i just talk about these reviews because i wouldn't have i've yeah. stopped looking at them and then you alerted me to the fact that it's it's got it's got more miserable when i was running the news on this it was always at about 2.3 and now it's down mm. to actually it doesn't aggregate what it is now i can just see that two stars are illuminated um and we have oh actually i can there's a see all button just wait a sec 2.1 is what it now is uh, of a total of just over 2000 reviews 1300 of them are one star reviews and a lot of them are recent and a lot of them are grumbling um you know they use words like very bad uh, doesn't work broke my site um has cost me money uh, there's one yeah. here, you know, this is was quite strong words. It says, an utter disgrace. This is an insult to every WordPress user. Boy, people's opinions haven't, it didn't calm down, shall we say, yet. 
No, no. And, it, and it, you know, it's the change really where I think it was stable at that kind of 2.3 for some time. It dropped a little bit uh, when they did that first uh, send out where you could try and, you know, encouraging people to tr- test out Gutenberg mm. ahead mm. of time. So it, it dropped a little bit then. But I think this time, if you look at all the, the comments really from the, all the reviews from since it was released, really, it's less than 10% are positive about it. So it's a real slide down we're seeing at the moment. Yeah. So oh. and we're getting we're getting genuine reactions from users. I mean, obviously, these are people who are not using it for the first time. So that experience may be different. And obviously, these are people who have gone to search for the Gutenberg plugin to yes. vent their spleen. Yes. So yes, but but you know, it's fascinating, because I, I think, you know, however, because I think we both agree, don't we, that the idea, the concept, the idea of using blocks as, to build out all kind of areas of your themes is ingenious, and things need to move forward. But something about the editor, the way it's been pushed forward, it's all going to depend on how it's received, isn't it? Mm, I think the the gripe that everybody seems to have is that, you know, there's in in principle, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's such a great idea. I do, I genuinely think it's an inspired idea. This block notion, and you know, t- twenty nineteen will no doubt be the year of blocks being created by third party developers, and we'll be able to install them from within Gothenburg. And you know, if you need a block just to do this one little tweak, you might be able to find that by searching for it within Gothenburg or the editor. So it's going to be a, it's going to be very important. I think that the gripe is that it was just sort of pushed on us, um, and yeah. a lot of people seem to think, well, why didn't we just have it as a as an opt in? You know, if it's yeah. so good, everybody will opt in. Why push this into core? And of course, you know, we've had Matt on multiple times on multiple podcasts, including our own, just yeah. sort of saying, well, we've got to move with the times because the 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 competitors are. So we need to have something in which is representative of what's possible today. And the the first iteration of it is not going to be as good as two or three years down the road. And the roadmap for it is amazing. So mm. we'll have to see how it goes. But, you know, it did it, it annoyed people enough that we've now got this fork of WordPress, this classic press fork. I don't know mm. how mm. that's doing. I don't know if it's even... Um, even sort of taking off because you can achieve everything that you need to achieve just by installing the classic, classic editor. Uh, yeah. So I don't don't really know how how that community is growing or not, but I, yeah, I, I, I think hold tight. I, Let's see. Yeah, what I, this year. I had a look actually. It is growing slowly, but I think that's the thing, isn't it? it I think it's this six months period where we'll. Uh, other people have said that. Um, I think Pippin Williamson has said this is going to be quite vital because, yeah, it is about whether people get behind it as much as anything. And these kind of reviews indicate that that's not the case. And then, of course, there are the gripes that we just mentioned, you know, with the way that it was, in fact, finally put out because everything's public about Gutenberg apart from this final release date, which was Mm. unknown and made privately, which wasn't, you know, didn't go down too well. So, yeah, so Matt's got to recover personally i it, think it was it was interesting because i watched it quite closely because of the little news bulletin you know read read, read quite a lot and wrote quite a lot about gutenberg mm. and it all towards the end just seemed to be getting a bit anarchic you know it was yeah. it, I, genuinely i was every every time i sat down to write the weekly news i would be thinking boy there's you know the dates moved again or something's happened or there's these people now are moaning about it these people are grumbling about it now we've got a, oh another new day oh no it's been pushed back is it going to january no we're going to go for november no we're not we're going to wait for another week no it's going to be so it went <laughs> just it, it, you know they'll i'm sure they'll have learned a lot about how to handle this stuff um from a yeah. pr yeah. perspective and and i'm not using it and i think really the reason i'm not using it at the minute is largely because i've just got my little workflow down pat with mm. with what I need to do and, and I, I know exactly where everything is. So from my point of view, I I just think it would be a time suck to go out and start using something different. Uh but that time will probably come and it probably won't be that far away where I, I think actually do you know what? It's flipped over now. I'm probably probably quicker doing it in Gutenberg now, but just not yet. And also from the point of view of my clients, most of them are yeah. just not interested in WordPress, you know, it's it's a functional tool. All it does is enable them to put their ideas out there, and they're very familiar with how to put their ideas out there and click publish. 
They yes. they just don't you know they're they're not interested in WordPress and the flashy new editor. I know how it works, and so that's that's just how they're going to continue. But at some point, yeah. you know, it'll no doubt flip over. Yeah, I think it's going to be all politics over this year because, well, I think if I I may have misread this, but I'm sure the loose plan is to have stage two out for the end of the year. So there'll be another state of the word address that will be talking about that. I think yes, the, the, that's moved, actually. The the WordPress, the WordCamp US for next year is, is in early mm. November, um, mm. which conflicts with Halloween. So that'll be quite interesting. The the so yeah the, i think the timeline is quite aggressive i think really from my perspective i think it might have been a good plan to have this as an opt in uh you know just as a downloadable plugin until it was revealed what stage 2 had completed you know and then yeah. when stage 2 was out and it felt like oh boy this is unmissable what why why on earth would we not use this Maybe that was the best time to put it out. I'm not moaning. I just switched it off for now. That's all I have yeah. to say, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've moved into a period of indifference, really. <laughs> yep. But it, I, I tell you, I think this year has been a year of division and angst and anxiety and a bit of anger. Quite a few people um, that I know are quite cross about it. So that's that's a new development in, in WordPress for this year. I, I hadn't noticed yeah. that over the However long I've been using WordPress, I haven't quite seen that level of conflict and disagreement and resignations and angst. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that will subside. I think number two Uh we're going to talk about was page builder acceptance and and the higher expectations from page builders. I think this is – I feel good over 2008 with page builders because I felt – 2008, crikey. Yeah. (laughs) We really are going back. (laughs) 2018. Was oh. uh, there a page builder then? Uh, probably not. No, we probably didn't even have the capabilities in JavaScript <laughs> then. No, anyway, go on. Sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. 2018 page builders. I think we started the year where we still had kind of divisions in that area. I think over this year that there's been a total acceptance of page builders. I remember when Beaver Builder first came out, their first battle was convincing people that page builders are just not rubbish and that they can actually do good in the world. And I think that's completely run now by the end of 2018. Yep, I completely agree. I I cannot remember the last time I read a comment. I mean, I'm a big user of it. I put myself in in amongst mm. people who share and use page builders as well so probably the audience is a bit skewed nevertheless yes. i yeah. um I, I haven't seen anybody moaning about them i think you know if if you if you had a gripe with them they've got to such maturity now and such widespread use you know millions of people using them you, you'd i think that time has gone so i completely agree it feels like over the last year this is now what we have and of course Gutenberg itself, harking back yes. to the previous point, it kind of is pushing the agenda of drag and drop uh, a little bit more. Mm. And obviously it doesn't have the capabilities yet, but that's the way it's going. And so if official WordPress is page builder, then you've really got nowhere to you've got nowhere to go uh, apart from, well, you could go to Classic Press and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stay there. Um, but why not? Why not use it? The capabilities are so good and, you know, things like, Theme building added in over the... Was that this year? <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah. I think the thing is that this year, we did have it last uh, 2017 for Beaver Builder with the with the uh, Beaver Thema. But I think this year we have new page builders coming out like mm. um, Breezy yep. and, and also um, Elementor added their theme building as well. And it's up to spec. I think the thing is that that's now what I was saying about the higher expectation is now we expect our page builders now to be theme builders as well. Mm. Mm. In, a, in the same way that Gutenberg, in a way, intends to be that with blocks later. But so I think there's that. And also, this is one other thing that I think has been good about this year. I think the year started off 2018 with most people kind of trying to think which page builder that they need to get behind, which one's going to be the 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 big one that all everybody needs to be behind but i think now we've reached the point that there are quite a few out there they're all of a good standard and that you just pick the one that you like yep pick the one that you like and get good at it 
I think yeah. that's, that's common sense advice, isn't it? And they're all they're all kind of doing the same stuff. There is obviously there's a widespread difference in how it's implemented. But you know what? I think if you'd used Beaver Builder for the last year and suddenly the you had to use Elementor or Breezy, it wouldn't take you that long to figure out how all, it all works. You know, you just figure out, oh, the, oh that bit's there, is it? You know, it's not in that position. That menu item is, okay, it's over there instead. It wouldn't take long. So they're all, they're all doing the same thing. And I'm sure that they're all looking at each other and thinking, oh, they've got a shiny new feature. How can we, how can we accommodate that? They're sort of all coalescing yeah. in their capabilities. But you're right. Pick one. Get good at it. Why not? Why not just stick like, like that? Yeah, I also wonder if during the course of this coming year, 2019, I wonder if the the page builders will continue to grow because some of them have had really stratospheric growth as they've become mm. more and more accepted. Or will their growth sort of stagnate because people think, you know what, this Gutenberg thing is good enough does most of what I want to do. I can achieve a layout. Uh, mm. Might not have all the the granular padding capabilities or the ability to position this exactly where I want. Or um, at the minute, there's not enough fancy whiz bang blocks. Uh, I wonder though if it'll happen, you know, that way. And and the pricing, obviously, will mm. be interesting because a lot of these page builders have got recurring revenue. And if, for example, you've got fifty client sites with Beaver Builder, that you're going to need to renew that license just to keep those client sites going uh, mm. so i wonder i wonder if that's going to be a trend you know a, a decline in page builders or a an increase in page builders i've no idea i'm going to go with an increase yeah i yep. think i think we'll be into stage three or four of gutenberg if it makes it that far before they get threatened just because of the just simple laying out of elements, adding padding margin mm, and being mm. able to add gradients and stuff. I think it'll be a long way before we see that. So I yeah, think the yeah. growth, I think, I think all of the page builders are reporting growth, aren't they, of some kind? So yeah, and and also Gutenberg is going to is going to highlight how fun this stuff can be and how simple it can be. You know, oh, I can drag things in. Or I, I don't have to type things and then put a little short code and then randomly guess what it's going to look like. Uh, yes. So it might be that Gutenberg makes people think, oh, wow, this is ingenious. Right. I wonder if there's another <laughs> rival. And of course, <laughs> they'll find it. And yeah, who knows? But you're right. During the course of this year, I think page builders became absolutely accepted um, as, a, yes. as a totally legit way of building websites on WordPress. And I think they got better and better. And the, frankly, I'm wondering what what is next? You know what still needs yeah. to be done in the page builder uh, arena. What what is what what are the the new features? Because as soon as Thema was added for Beaver Builder, I thought, wow, that's that's the whole thing yeah. now. I don't. That's yeah. it. <laughs> they've cracked it. What's next? I don't know. I don't know what they've got cooking. Do you know? Mm. No, maybe no. personalization might come into it. But mm. uh, oh, I see. Like thing. if if this then that sort of functionality conditional. Yeah, and, yeah, maybe possibly. Hmm. Anyway, shall we go to the third one, which Number was three? Well, we, can, we, can, we can deal with this one quickly. The rise of now. How do we say this? Do we do it say as W A A S or WAS? Do we I say think it WAS? Like SAS? Yeah, WAS like SAS yeah. would become WAS. So it's W A A S, which is website as a service. I suppose some people might say WordPress as a service, but I'm going with website yeah. as a service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, I think there's been a rise. Uh, this is just our perception because we saw we're big fans of WP Ultimo. We've mm. seen that rise and appear this year mm -hmm. and get adopted. We've seen all of these bunch of WAS Facebook groups as well, which didn't seem to exist before mm -hmm. this year, mm -hmm. last year. Which year am I in, Nathan? Uh, right now, when we're recording it, 2018, but this will be going live on 2019. So let's call it 2023. <laughs> so, yeah, so it seems like that's, And it just seems like so many people. You you noticed you were giving me the numbers of one of the groups that was there. It was really high. In, in, in a couple of months, it was well over 1,000 heading towards yes, 2,000, wasn't it? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's just such a beguiling idea. You know, obviously, all of us have been building client websites forever and you know and then you got all the 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 stuff of setting up a fresh install uh, using probably a, a very typical set of plugins and themes and arrangements and and page builders and so on and so this is very beguiling because well you could create a business put some video tutorials together put some documentation together get people to sign up 
and they can sort of do their own website uh, and you could create some yeah. passive income I, I suppose it's so beguiling as a as a business proposition because it's it feels a bit like set it and forget it you know oh mm. you spend i don't know several months getting your stack absolutely perfect the right the right host the right theme the right set of plugins that your little niche is going to going to require um, and then launch it and spend a bit of time marketing it, and hopefully people will sign up and pay you, who knows, mm-hmm. twenty, thirty, forty dollars a month to have their website. So, you know, basically having WordPress as a sort of niche version of Wix or Squarespace, fascinating, yeah. really great, and and it's taken off without a shadow of a doubt. I think uh, WP Ultimo in particular has benefited from a, a, like a tidal wave of interest. It's amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, how quickly it's been adopted. Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously come out of the page builder technology mm-hmm. that's that's fueled this along. But do you know what? Do you think this is? Do you think this is a thing of 2018? Do you think this is going to carry through to 2019, or is the bubble going to burst on it when we realise that? It, it, in some ways, it seems a little bit illogical, doesn't it? Because we've got Gutenberg kind of that, when they started threatening. WordPress. Mm, Nobody mm. knew that the classic editor was going to be supported for so long. Mm. So it seems like such a gamble to even start thinking about doing this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly it's it's come out of nowhere uh, and and become really popular. Whether or not it's going to stay popular, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I, if you can set this up and make it work for you, it's it's incredible. You yeah. know, so long as you've got everything set up and you can support it and you've You've got your licenses all in shape, and you go in every once in a while and make sure that it's all running smoothly. I, I can't see why this wouldn't continue to grow. Obviously, there's a ceiling. You know, not everybody can be running um, a little niche website mm. business. A lot of us have got to spend our time, you know, building sites for just about everybody that comes through our doors. You know, we're not too mm. bothered about whether you're. You know, you don't have to be a church to use my services or you don't have to be a bakery to use my services. But that's that's where I think this fits in. You know, you try mm. to pitch it as, a, OK, we build church websites. We build websites for jewelers or lawyers or estate agents or whatever. And, you know, if you can if you can get 100 people on your books, well, this is going to become profitable for you. So why not? I, I suppose the dilemma is uh, the the building of it's beguiling. Because yes. the technology can be done, you know, you can go out and build this stuff and have your little network set up within, realistically, under a month if you really went crazy with it, probably less if you really knew your way around the platform. But then the problem, I think, is is one which we're going to discover possibly in 2019, and that's making it actually pay and marketing it, and that's a whole different set of skills altogether. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's building a business on other people's businesses, and yeah. they could they could change. So there is a, but obviously some people are doing quite well with it already. So yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Know. And if you've got the you've got the the wherewithal to get get out there and find estate agents and jewelers and what have you, great, perfect. Yeah, yeah go for it. Why wouldn't you do this? I, I think I, I think it's gonna grow. That would be my guess. Okay. I don't know. I think okay. I think it might pop a little bit on that. I don't know. Oh, it just yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really I don't matter. Know if I suppose if it does, in a way, um, so long as you've got yourself set up and it's working. And uh, I know from the point of view of Arindo, he's he's dedicated to that plugin. So it's I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. Um, he's just actually no. moved over to a different pricing model as well. So his his uh, the WP Ultimo lifetime pricing has ended, and he's gone subscription. So hopefully, if there are new people coming in towards the beginning of 2019, they will uh, have recurring revenue for WP Ultimo into 2020 and beyond. Yeah, and his plugin, I don't think, is going to go anywhere. I think I'll still be using it, mm. possibly as a replacement for demo instructions or for training right. and all sorts right. of things. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, even outside of that, it works. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So there we go. The rise of website as a service this year, absolutely fascinating yeah. to watch. Out of nowhere. Great. <laughs> Number four, GDPR. That's a big event of the year. And other legislation oh. which has been ignored. So, yeah, so you actually asked about this quite recently, about GDPR. Has it, you know, affected anybody's lives? And kind of the answer was no, really, wasn't it? Yeah, for me, it was, well, 
I knew deep down, I knew that this wasn't going to affect little old Nathan, you know, in his yeah. tiny, tiny little world. And I, I kind of realized this was, I mean, no, it's not. It, it does affect me, but it doesn't at the same time. I think they're going to go after the, the likes of Google and Facebook, aren't they? And so for me, not so much. Uh, I, I haven't really had to do anything or change a great deal or, you know, I, I think what it did do was it, it's put the spotlight on that issue, private data retention and mm. so on, for a period of time. Uh, it would it became the topic of interest, and each year we need a new topic of interest. Otherwise, well, goodness me, what will we talk about? We'll have to talk about the weather. Um, <laughs> and so it, it provided that, and it raised awareness, but then it kind of silently went away. I think it came in May, May the 25th, if my brain re- serves me correctly. Yeah. Um, and then I haven't really given it much thought ever since then. Not not a lot, anyway. Yeah, it's exactly the same. You know, I think 2012 when the cookie law came in, there was such a run up to it, and we were mm. so much into it, talking about it every day, worrying about it, and then yeah, absolutely, then just went quiet in the same way. But you know what? There's a couple of other things which are looming, which I think are significant. One of them being the directive on copyright in the digital single market, it's called, some more EU legislation. But this one is really about how we kind of use other people's data, how we link to it and embed it. Yeah, um, I, I confess, when you, well, just before we started doing this recording, mm. David and I talked about this, and I, I'm really ignorant about this, and it suddenly struck me that, oh, because you've... Um, it, what is it? It's all about the ability to use or the inability or the, the illegality or whatever the phrase might be of using other people's content without attribution. Is that is that I kind of summed it up there? I think so. The problem is, yeah, it's the blind leading the blind on this one because mm. I don't know. But we do certainly know that Google's got upset about it and to the point of because it's it's kind of past its first stage so eu members have agreed on bringing this forward but it hasn't been put into law so at the moment and i've really only got this from wikipedia that they are saying of november 2018 that they're campaigning against the proposal and threatening to shut down youtube in the eu unless concessions are made so yeah, so I mean, I think it would rule against you just being able to sort of embed something that you find on on uh, YouTube. Really, you would, you, you, it's other people's copyright. You're making material out of other people's copyrighted material. Mm. It's really that's what mm. they're, they're saying. But uh, it's just you know, I mean, I know I forget the name of the guy um, who who started Wikipedia again. Oh, he was uh, uh, James Rose, I think. Yeah, (laughs) it does sound right, but I'm thinking it's wrong because it sounds like somebody else we know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Jimmy, Jimmy Rose. Jimmy Rose, that's it. Let me me look that up while you talk. You are right, yes, on that. So he's one of the first people to talk about. But I think, you know, most people who, you know, work in the Internet or, uh, you know, people like Wikipedia and Google who know the Internet, uh, you know, uh, just cannot understand how, you know, the some people, politicians in the EU, cannot understand this is the basis of the internet itself, yeah. this ability to kind of link to each other freely. It's what makes it what it is. I'm going to interrupt you and say it's Jimmy Wales. <laughs> Completely. So no rose in there. Yes. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're mixing up a friend of ours with, well, we got the Jimmy bit anyway. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I, I think this could be an interesting year. And again, as I was saying, we need something to talk about. Maybe this will be it. Um, yeah. copywriting nobody wants their hard work stolen and plagiarized but also on the internet it's you can't attribute everything and i wonder yeah. if you know for example i was just looking at a page on on google uh, just the google search engine page and it attributes everything it's got the hyperlink so it, it always tells you where it's coming from and what the source is but i suppose this is about theft or inadvertent posting on social media or kind of claiming something to be your own and yeah. so they're making the platforms responsible for this. And goodness knows, I don't know how this is going to play out. But I can see, I can see why this legislation is um, is coming around. But I can also see that it's going to be very, very difficult to to enforce. And I also think the 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 sort of the European approach is so different to the North American approach that we could we could end up with kind of a bit of a falling out. Let's see see how it develops. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It just can't work, can it? It's it's the same as how the music industry tried to stop uh, Napster, was it? Is yes, that the right name? Yes, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not going to work because just you know, it's how the internet works, and mm. uh, you kind of have to find ways to go with you know mm. how people are using the net not not try and prohibit it it's not yes. going to work i don't yeah. think there is one other legislation that didn't come that's supposed to have come out at the time of gdpr as well which is still to come for 2019 which is the uh, the e privacy regulation replacing the e privacy Directive, which was formerly ah known yes, both documents which are constantly my study. Yes, I. I uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get new cookie stuff, aren't we? I think most people, <laughs> most people mix up what GDPR is with cookie law anyway. So you know, you're covered with GDPR if you stick up a cookie banner. Seems to be you know yeah. what most people from it. But yeah, there is new legislation. Oh, sorry, yes regulations coming out on that rather than the old directive that we had so do you, do you know what I'm, so. I'm really sort of torn on this one because on the one hand i think that you know the the capabilities that cookies allow are so helpful yeah. you know they allow me to stay logged into facebook they allow me yeah. to um see adverts that are kind of probably something that i'm interested in but then on the other hand they allow me to see adverts for something that I'm interested in and they follow me around. You know, so it's the opposite and it's the exact same thing. And they follow me around on the internet. And they, they, these cookies were never designed to do this stuff. It's ingenious. Um, yeah. And, and I, think, I think it is a little bit insidious. And then when you get somebody, some giant organization like Facebook, which has a slip up and then suddenly millions of data points are out on the free, uh, widely available on the internet... Uh, it makes you worry. And although we're a very freedom-loving, um, mm. we're in a freedom-loving time, it's. It, I can see why people are concerned about it. And having this permanent record of what you're up to and who, where you've been and what you've looked at and what you've purchased and and for that data to be uh, permanent and unavailable to you and undownloadable by you and undeletable by you I, I can see why this is peculiar nobody saw this coming 20 years ago yeah. and all of a sudden you know a lot of personally identifiable information in, including stuff perhaps that you might regret having written or saying or posting is mm. is there and you've got no control over it um it's difficult really no, difficult but it, it was yeah. the year of that for sure <laughs> do you know what there's a whole debate there about that because mm. you know privacy is quite a in in mankind's history it's quite a relatively new thing to have you know this mm. concept that we have it before the printing press it didn't exist really. no but then i suppose se- equally you know you only saw a, a handful of people each year yeah uh, yeah were the true. ones that you could walk to uh so your privacy was probably of less importance but now you know somebody in North America has access to the stuff that I did uh, on the in my browser just ten minutes ago. It's strange, you know. So it's a yeah. different different paradigm. Um, you've also written down here SSL certificates. That was a thing. Yeah, that's that's well, yeah, exactly. They've been hugely adopted. I, there was something that just came out recently where they said I think maybe that was Matt Mullenweg talking about um, the statistics on that on his talk. But I think it was fifty three percent now have a certificate on sites out there which seems quite low to me because mm. in our profession we'd expect everyone to have one but um well i just wonder yeah. how many of those that 47 percent is stuff that's never ever ever updated you know static yes. html sites and installations of cms's that are still working on wordpress 3 things like that <laughs> yeah yeah, probably yeah, yeah. it probably is just stuff where it's of no consequence but you i think it'll come over time um, but it's yeah. been a big year for it, and things like Let's Encrypt and yeah. all the uh, the hosting companies jumping on and giving us the capability to just click a button and have that certificate uh, matched up to your website is has been great, really good. Yeah, absolutely. We just don't expect not to see one now, and that's nope. you know it's it's moved so quickly. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've uh, noticed now. Chrome doesn't really um, offer any sort of woohoo. If you've just got a normal SSL certificate, it doesn't really dramatize. Yes. Oh, this is good. This is special. It's now, well, that's expected behavior. It's only when you uh, cross the line, uh, then yes. it flags up in nice big red 
writing that there's a problem or if you've paid for an EV certificate then it shows that as a you know an extra mark but I think they've stopped being green as well haven't they aren't they just normal as well now um, uh, cream I think it's still green is it no it's normal you're right yeah, it's, uh, it's come to the point where it's just it, it, it's so normal that it's just there it is for example I've just gone to amazon.co.uk uh, and all I've got is a grayed out padlock um, yes let me try a bank, HSBC, for example, in the UK. Yeah, you get the EV certificate saying it's HSBC, but it's not grey. I'm sorry, it's not green. It's not going, look at me. It's now just grey and quite boring. So that, yeah. that's, that's a big shift this year. And obviously, if you've still got sites, um, they're going to, they're gonna, if they've not got an SSL, they're going to start, your customers presumably will start to ask why, because look, it's red. Um, yes. Well, it says not secure now, doesn't not it? Not secure, so, yeah. Which is mm. a little bit of a, a little bit of a misnomer if you've got just got a static HTML site. There's nothing <laughs> really not secure about it. But yeah, I, I get the point. Um, yeah. Anyway, and a lot of a lot of hosting companies are taking care of that, aren't they? By they're just issuing them out. So yep. SiteGround yep. is one of those. So if you have got a static site, you're probably okay because mm. it's gonna you're gonna have it. But if you've got a WordPress one, it becomes tricky because you have to kind of change your database and make sure that your redirects are on to the yeah yeah. 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 But anyway, there um, we go. Talking of that, a last one, which is that one. I think changes in hosting for me was I think. I could be completely wrong on this one, but it feels to me that this is the year when everybody started talking or thinking that they ought to be using perhaps some kind of cloud hosting service, uh, running with either something like Server Pilot, Cloudways, Easy Engine. And we've had a few new things turn up as well in this year. So we've had Run Cloud and Spin Up WP as well, competitors to Server Pilot. So, yeah, I think that's the big thing. The the big uh, cloud hosting, Volta, Rackspace, DigitalOcean, Linode, Amazon, and Google uh, are all out there now. It's, it continues to be an absolute... I, I just literally don't even know what this conversation means in some ways because I'm so immune to it because mm. I do everything kind of on my own server, largely. Mm. Um, I just... Yeah, I, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's lots and lots of talk about these services and products, and they seem fascinating. Um, I can't speak from a point of authority because I just don't really have any interaction with them, but I know that a lot of these names just keep coming up. What is it? Is it pricing that's attractive? What, what, what's, yeah. the, what's the deal? Well, it's power and pricing at the same time, you know, and I think I think if you've ever spent a lot of money on managed uh, VPSs, which I have before, it's really costly. And then you don't really get the, you don't necessarily get the service you're paying for, you know, you get downtime, but the, the idea that you can control this stuff with, you know, simple interface that you add to it and get this low cost and be able to pass that on or make some extra money because you can provide that to your clients is the big lure, isn't it? But I think there is a reaction against it because I, I just feel it's really shifted in this year where we used to talk about the kind of the best shared hosting and those big names that we'd have out there would be talking about maybe a VPS if you wanted something more. Now it seems to be either you're looking at these cloud hosting services or you're looking at kind of boutique services where they're well supported and there's a certain amount of specialization. So the types of Kinster, Flywheel, Liquid Web, WP Engine. It seems to be about these two things. Right, interesting. I mean, obviously, you've I... got so much more experience of this than I do. But um, I, know, I know exactly what you mean because it keeps coming up. Do we not really have those um, Do we have those sort of conversations still? I, I don't really see them too much in the WordPress groups that I attend in Facebook. We don't seem to have those discussions yeah. too much anymore. Is that because people are, have sort of settled on a few providers or what? I I think they have been coming okay. up a bit. I, okay. I think you've been doing a good job. We were talking about this, that we've been trying to turn off the notifications, but I still see it popping up. There was a big long chat actually about uh, hosting, but somebody went to Cloudways because they'd heard so much about it and how their experience was not a good one. Mm. <laughs> and mm. they, they moved to Flywheel. And, you know, for their point of view, for what they needed, they'd picked the wrong thing. But I just think it's so interesting now that it, it just, I could be wrong. I'd love for people to tell me, no, I'm just talking rubbish. But it doesn't seem to be about any of the big regular names that we used to see before. You know, you, you very rarely hear people talking about Bluehost and, you know, whether I should be on their VPS or their shared hosting. It seems mm. to be about whether you go to save money 
with this cloud hosting or whether you go up market and get really good support and all the help that you're going to need through these other players. I guess mm. the, the market's still kind of in a state of there's still good compet- competition out there so that, you you know, there isn't just one clear choice still because, you know, there's a whole bunch yeah. that keep that, that I keep hearing about. Um, I never go particularly and explore them, but there's a whole load that just keep cropping up here, there and everywhere. Um, yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. I, I, I know what you mean. So th- there we have the year in, in essence. What have you said? We've got Gutenberg. Page yep. builders, the WAS W website as a service, GDPR legislation, and so on, and then finally this hosting one. I'm wondering if um, if I might just add a sixth one in, just very quickly, mm. unannounced, and that would be sort of um, disenfranchisement with social media. Is that a thing? Did that happen Ooh. this year? Yeah. Or is it just Us. me? <laughs> yeah, and Us. you. Um, I, I just wonder if we've lost a bit of trust in the year 2018 with with the likes of Facebook to the point where we are turning things off. There seems to be so many people that I know who have not decided to drop out of Facebook, but just decided to cull what they were doing yeah. on Facebook and th- those platforms and try to wrestle a bit of their life back. And I wonder if that's something that's that you've noticed, too. Yeah, I have. But it could just be our kind of... But I feel that we're... I mean, this podcast comes out of Facebook, really, doesn't it? It's mm. out of those connections. Mm. And I think we were all in because it was so exciting to suddenly feel like you're a community of professionals out there and you mm. had all this access. And then we've we've lost the plot a little bit. We've, we've let it affect our normal day-to-day lives. And, and I think we're just trying to reclaim some control over what we do. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of been my approach. Is my I I didn't until very recently realize the granularity of notifications, for example, on Facebook and how you could switch things off for certain types of content. And I've gone in and culled um, a lot of that just because I was receiving notifications multiple times a day for stuff that I literally had no interest in. I, I couldn't even work out what, what, why is that? But but it was there and I had to go in and delete it and it would ring in my pocket. And, and um, so I've, I've really tried hard, but, but also not just kind of culling stuff. I wonder if this was the year where we really lost trust in a lot of yeah. this, these platforms, you know, we've, the the mantra has always been with people like google you know don't be evil gathering up the world's information mm-hmm. and so on and then with facebook connecting people but this year perhaps more than ever it's become obvious that really it's about generating revenue and keeping the business afloat yeah. and being profitable um and maybe maybe a lot of us have decided that that trade off this year you know your this free service in exchange for your data isn't isn't maybe worth it but it is interesting how much control you can get if you just bother Um, yes and then you can still get the benefits of the platform but without the things that inconvenience you but you've really got to go looking i am i turned off lots of facebook notifications it turns out there's absolutely loads of ways that you can switch things off for stuff that you're just not bothered about but it took time it took like several hours for me to switch all of it off um, yeah. but it, I think it, it cleaned up my life a little bit. And you're right. I think we're just we're just working out this stuff, aren't we? I know Facebook's mature now, but as a as a as a species, this thing in our pocket is is quite new, and we're still working out the impact that it can have on us. And and certainly for me, I'm you know each passing month, I'd have a different approach to it. Like, okay, I'm going to leave it in that room and walk away from it and not come back to it each day. And I'm going to switch my email off so it's not always in front of me. And just working out now at, at this point how to how to manage that stuff a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I was just working out what's in my pocket as I don't have a mobile phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, matron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, on that bombshell. <laughs> Shall we? Should, yeah, let's knock it on the head. That was great. I really enjoyed that. So... Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Thanks for um, thanks for that, David. And I'm appreciate all your hard work for for doing all of that because without it, the episode would have been about six minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you soon.
Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that episode of WP Builds, where David and I talked about our things that have changed in 2018 and things that might happen in 2019. It was uh, it was really fun doing it, and actually it's quite nice to be a bit reflective sometimes and think about the past instead of the future, which we're always concentrating on. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy. GoDaddy Pro is teaming up with web industry experts to bring you practical, real-world advice and guidance. Build your WordPress business with their free guides, articles, and tutorials at x.co slash wpbuilds. That's the letter x.co slash wpbuilds. And we thank GoDaddy for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. We will find you again on Monday when we bring out our regular WordPress news article. If you didn't know about that, we bring out a 10, 15, 20 minute news bulletin of all the all the previous week's WordPress news. Might be a little bit thin next week because it's been Christmas and New Year. But anyway, I hope that you have a lovely week up until then. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye.